Welcome back to Brojo Online. And today we're going to be talking about a term that's come up a lot lately, taking the path of least resistance. We're going to talk about what this is, why it's normal and natural for humans to do it, and how devastating it is to your quality of life and your confidence. This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Munro. So if you haven't heard that term before, taking the path of least resistance is probably more simply described as taking the easy way out. It's when you're offered a range of options and you take the one that requires the the least amount of effort or more likely the least amount of emotional discomfort. And particularly what we're going to be talking about today is how we become programmed and conditioned to do this on autopilot. We start to essentially stop making conscious decisions in any way and we just go with the flow, it feels. We just do the thing that pulls us towards itself without really knowing why, without really questioning why. And we end up with a life that was a series of decisions to take the path of least resistance and not a series of decisions to live with integrity or do what's right. Now, the path of least resistance is a physics term, and that's when I first heard about it. And that's where if you have an explosion in an enclosed space, the explosion doesn't go in all directions equally. It concentrates on the weakest point in that space. So, for example, if I set off a bomb inside a room, it will blow the doors and the windows out and do far more damage there than it will to the walls because the walls offer more resistance the atoms, as they chemically migrate away from each other, they kind of take the easy way out. And it's, it's worth noting that this is where the term comes from, because we are atoms, and we are chemical reactions. That's what, that's what a human is. And so we have the same physical tendency, and it, it actually worms its way into our physiology and then into our psychology. We're constantly looking for the door or the window rather than trying to bash through the wall. Now, this makes sense in some survival situations. If you're living in a situation where you have scarce resources and a lot of risk, you want to take the path of least resistance. You want to take the path that will consume the least amount of resources and leave you kind of in the best possible position to survive and endure for long periods of time. But if you're living in a world where you're not constantly in danger and not scarce on resources, the path of least resistance often usually means something harmful in the long run rather than something helpful, though it's still something easy right now. Essentially, you're in a constant conflict. Whenever you come to a decision, which is every few seconds or so, you're faced with essentially two options, the path of least resistance and the other way. Now, on occasion, the path of least resistance is also the right way to go. It's also the best thing to do. But I'd put it to you that most of the time it isn't. The other way is what you're supposed to be doing. The other way would be aligned with your core values. The other way would be an act of integrity and authenticity. The other way would be what a confident person does. And the path of least resistance is a way of cowardice and backing away from challenge and 
not being autonomous, just doing what you're told rather than what's right for you, and so on. You're following the rules rather than setting rules of your own. The path of least resistance, the pattern of repeatedly taking that path into the point where it becomes a habit, where you're doing it without even realizing you're doing it, can have devastating effects on your life. It can choose your career for you. It can choose your relationships for you. It can destroy your body one mouthful at a time. And you won't even see it happening. It's like a magic trick. You just wake up after a few years and go, holy shit, I hate my job, or why am I married to this person, or what the hell happened to my belly? Why How did I get so fat? And you won't realize that it was a series of hundreds, thousands of autopilot decisions to go down the path of least resistance. See, we're often in that conflict between what is easy and what is right, and it's very rare that they're the same thing. And we're programmed towards easy. Every elemental chemical atom in our body wants to go the path of least resistance, so it's natural that we would sort of cater to that. But there's an old cliche, if you want a hard life, do the easy thing. If you want an easy life, do the hard thing. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Essentially, whenever you take the path of least resistance now, it means you're doubling down on problems later. For example, if I avoid telling the truth now, and I tell a white lie because it's easier, it's going to be so much more effort and hassle and struggle if I get caught lying later on. Whereas the amount of effort it would take me to tell the truth now would be, emotionally speaking, a bit more than lying, but it's an easy life after that. There's no secret hanging over my head, there's nothing I can be caught with. And that's kind of the dilemma that most people get themselves into. They take an easy win here and now, they take this low-hanging fruit without realizing they're going to have to pay for that much heavier coin later on. It would have cost less in the long run to do the hard thing right at the start. But this isn't always a case of cowardice or laziness or stupidity. It's usually, and I think more often than not, just a case of lacking awareness. You don't realize you're doing this. In fact, you're trying your very best to do the right thing without realizing that you're accidentally and involuntarily taking the easy way out. I'll start off with an example that's really relevant to me, which is the devastating effect of being naturally good at something. Now, it might sound a bit weird for me to say being good at something is bad, but there are times when that is absolutely the case, and I think for most people's careers, this is really, really relevant. If you have a career that you're doing well in but you don't like, then you've fallen into the trap of taking the path of least resistance by taking the path of doing what you're good at and accidentally believing that that's the same as doing what's right for you. Because we can be very good at something without it being right for us. We can become very skilled or have natural talent and abilities towards certain activities and tasks and areas of knowledge without them deriving any real passion or curiosity or satisfaction for us. There are so many people who do their job and they do it well and they've succeeded and climbed the ladder because they do it well. They never even enjoyed the topic within which that task exists. You can see this with uh, many people who go to university. They just kind of flow there. 
they did well in a certain subject at school and they have parents that pressure them into tertiary education and they don't really know what to choose because how the hell are you supposed to choose something in university when you don't even know who the fuck you are yet? So you just do what the career advisor tells you or what you got good grades in or what your parents say you should do. And you end up you're two out of three years into this degree and realize you never really enjoyed it, but fuck, you've been here for two years, you may as well finish it. And then you finish it and you think, well, I've got the degree, I have to put it to use. It was such a big investment, my parents really helped me out and I owe it to them. So I better go get a job that relates to this degree, even though I've never really enjoyed this fucking topic at all. And then 20 years later, you've got a career in a topic that you can't fucking stand and you can't figure out how it happened. Well, when you rewind the clock, you'll see that it all began with taking the path of least resistance, which for you in this case was doing something simply because you picked it up quickly, you got good feedback straight away, it was not challenging, it was natural, it came easily to you, there might have been some interest in it at the start, simply because you were good at it, and then you just slipped from one step to the next, following this path. I mean, the path of of least resistance, I often describe it like a water slide. Once you get on it, you kind of tend to slide all the way to the bottom without realizing you could get off. And in practical terms, this could be decades. You could slide all the way to the bottom of a shitty career without realizing you never wanted to get on that slide in the first place. And this was very much the case for me. For me, I broke out of the pattern. I was lucky, I guess to break out of this pattern when I was in university. I was naturally academic, and I did well in certain subjects in school, particularly the STEM fields, most importantly uh, the languages. Like, I did really well in English, humanities, geography, the kind of uh, subjects that schools applaud. Whereas, you know, subjects like woodwork, metalwork, music, schools don't really give much effort into those and don't really commend them even though they're equally valuable but I did well in the things that you're supposed to do well in that school and so I cruised it was easy for me to get an A plus I have a naturally high IQ those kind of subjects appealed to my brain even though I didn't enjoy them that's not true I enjoyed English but not because of learning English it turns out as we find out later that I wanted to be an author back then I just did well in the essays and so on What this led to is naturally my teachers and my parents, everybody thought I have to go to university and I should do a communications degree because I did well in the communication type subjects. Now, I don't even know what a communications degree is. I barely researched it. I didn't know how you turned it into a career. I had some vague idea about being a TV presenter on the news for some reason because I'm a fucking teenager and I shouldn't be choosing anything to do with my career at this point. So I went to university, and there I am in my first year going to lectures on economics and politics and wondering what the fuck I'm doing there because these things are super, super boring. But I was lucky because one of the core papers you had to do at the start was psychology. I've talked about this before in other pieces of content. And in the psychology class, I actually felt it. I was like, fuck yeah, this is interesting. I would learn this even if it wasn't going to get me anywhere, I would pay to go to courses on this just for my own interest. I'd never felt that way about anything in school before, not really. 
and in some sort of blind luck, strike of lightning, courage moment, I went to my dean and I changed everything over to psychology. I went against the grain. I went out of the path of least resistance that I had been sliding down. It slid me all the way into university. It slid through all of high school on it. And I was about to slide all the way to the end of a communications degree, but I broke out, got very uncomfortable, went to the dean and said, you know, in a shaky voice, can I please change all my shit to psychology? And I was lucky enough that they did that, but that was a hassle. It was difficult. It required lots of paperwork. It required a confrontational discussion with my parents. It was not the path of least resistance. It was the path of most resistance. There was a lot working against me to make that change. I'm one of the lucky ones. I don't know what struck me with that bolt of courageous lightning. I I think it was just my passion for the subject of psychology overrode my fear of social disapproval. But for many people, especially many clients I've worked with, they don't get that bolt of lightning. They just cruise all the way through and then keep on cruising into a miserable fucking career. Do not confuse natural talent and ability for passion. They're not the same thing. You might not be very good at the thing you're going to be great in. At the beginning. I'm a pretty decent dancer now, but my first few dance classes, I wasn't naturally talented. I didn't stand out amongst the pack. I wasn't a kind of natural dancer. I mean, how could I be? I hadn't danced for most of my life. It was three decades in before I figured it out. But I kept at it. I worked hard. I trained more than pretty much anybody else I knew. I did all the performances and the teams as the path of most resistance. I earned my way to getting good. Whereas my natural ability in school never really took me places that I wanted to go. Now, I still made slippery choices in my career. I stayed at a very shitty warehousing job simply because I was good at it. Of course I was good at it. A monkey could be good at it. Anybody could be good at it. And I was an ambitious type of person. So I got good at packing and picking orders. I got good at driving a forklift. None of this induced any passion in me. I didn't feel good about doing this. I would have quit that job if someone would pay me to live at home for free sort of thing. But I kept at it for much longer than I should have simply because people kept telling me I was good at it. They gave me responsibilities. They made me feel like I was part of the team. They commended me on my natural abilities and so on. And I got tricked into thinking that's the right thing for me to do, essentially. There are a lot of people listening to this right now who are doing something be it a hobby that they kind of push themselves to do or a type of exercise that they can't stand or a career that brings no real inner satisfaction other than the joy of winning occasionally. You know, you're just doing it because you're good at something. But being good at something is not a reliable measure of what you should be doing. Granted, I do believe if you find your sort of your true authentic path, you will naturally do well in it. But it won't necessarily be because of talent, it will be because of enthusiasm for the training and skill development. You'll get good at it quickly because you'll work fucking hard at it because you love it. That's different from being talented. Another reason that people go down the path of least resistance is people-pleasing. And actually, there's many different reasons under the umbrella of people-pleasing. But one is, if you're not strong and direct about where you should be going in life... You become passive and other people will make that decision for you. 
you're surrounded by people who are pushing their agenda on you from the kind of vague external world of media and movies and social and cultural norms down to the close direct people like your family and friends everyone's got an idea about how you should live and they're all telling you to do it and if you're not strong they'll push you and if you're going along to get along kind of thing if you're trying to keep other people happy you'll develop a very unconscious decision-making process where you back away from upsetting people and you're actually backing into decisions, okay? So you're not backing out, you're backing in. And what I mean by that is, let's say I'm in the kitchen and I back away, I'm not going to nowhere, I'm going to another room. And if that room's wrong for me, I've essentially chosen to go into that room, but I've gone in there backwards, I hadn't seen it coming. I was just trying to get away from something in front of me. When you're backing away from someone being disappointed in you, backing away from standing out or being weird, you're backing away from any form of social disapproval, understand you're backing towards something. You're backing into something. You could be backing into a friendship you don't like. You could be backing into living in a city you can't stand. You could be backing into a job that you hate. You could be backing into a body that doesn't feel good to live in, and so on and so on. As you try to avoid social discomfort, disapproval, embarrassment, loneliness, whatever it is, people being unhappy, you're actually choosing something else, but because you're walking backwards in a sense, you're running away, you don't see what it is you're choosing until it's too late. We've all been in friendships where we kind of wake up a few years into it and go, I don't even like this person, why are we friends? Why do I feel compelled to see them? Well, like I've already mentioned so many times, a career that it just feels like you're doing what your parents wanted you to do. Or you just feel like you're doing what your teachers thought you should do and so on. You didn't have the ability to say no. And because you didn't say no, you didn't realize you were unconsciously saying yes to what they wanted. There is no middle. You're either a no or a yes. So if you're not a no, then you're a yes for something. It's really important to see that. Nobody forced you into the shitty job that you're in. Nobody forced you to go to the university that you didn't want to go to. Nobody's forced you to be friends with people you don't like. You chose it by avoiding something else. By avoiding somebody's disapproval. That is the active part of taking the path of least resistance. You're backing away from resistance into lesser resistance. Another part of this is just fitting in. Social and cultural norms, they're invisible. They're not written down anywhere. People barely even talk about them directly, but holy shit, do they have a big influence, right? That's where all the stereotypes come from. All the Americans are trying to be wealthy, and all the Asians are trying to be doctors, and all that kind of shit. There's fire for that smoke. We come from cultural norms, social pressures, as to what it means to be a good person, what what a good ideal person should be and what they should be doing and the kind of decisions they should be making and that's just constantly pushing on us and if you're not someone who pushes back then you're going to be pushed by it it'll be in the clothes you wear the the things that you purchase what you do on social media how you talk the kind of humor that you have with your friends versus with others and of course decisions like relationships career your body the mission. 
I mean, look at trends. That's a great example of path of least resistance is to be trendy, to do the latest thing that's cool and hip amongst your group of peers who you're looking to prove yourself to, the people you want to fit in with. You can see this in the kind of left and right politics throughout the world. People will blindly support a political party just to fit in with the other supporters without any real awareness of what they're supporting. People do this all the time. We're constantly trying to fit in because fitting in is the path of least resistance. Standing out, being nuanced, being weird, being unique. It encounters a lot of resistance, disapproval, confusion, embarrassment, ostracism. Not fitting in. But that's the price you pay for an authentic, confident life. Fitting in comes with a cost. You become a sheep, a slave. You're just one of many. Cookie cutter. And it's a very miserable fucking existence to wake up and go, I don't know who I am, I'm just an identity that somebody else created and I try to fit into. A lot of this comes down to fear of confrontation. It's actually a very specific thing that we're backing away from, and that is to have an uncomfortable emotional interaction with a specific person. We often do kind of pre-approved decisions without even realizing it as we go about our day we've already signed off on any decision that fits in with the group we don't even know what that decision is going to be yet we've already pre-approved it like an example in say in high school i never really thought about what i'd wear there was just this kind of process of watching what other people are wearing and going out and trying to match it and I remember because, you know, my family wasn't as rich as, as a lot of other people. Well, they, they were all right, but they didn't spend money on things like clothes. Like, that was on me. And I couldn't afford it. So I'd, I remember I'd go to the, the warehouse and I'd get, like, knockoff versions of the cool shit that all the other kids were wearing and kind of hope they didn't notice, hope it looked close enough to the real thing. Not one point did I stop and go, why am I buying this shit? It was already pre-approved. Of course I'm going to buy what everyone thinks is cool. I'm not going to wear anything that would get me mocked. You know, I've already decided that before I've even experienced it. I'll decide it based on other people's experiences or guesses, predictions. It's like I'm constantly seeking a smooth, calm, agreeable path. And I'm trying to make decisions that will prevent anything going off that path. Well, that is the path of least resistance, isn't it? So you've got to watch out for... Your fear of confrontation and rejection and loneliness pushing you to pre-approve least resistance decision making. Because as we've talked about, it's very rare to have the path of least resistance actually coincide or match your values and your integrity. Usually you're going to have to sacrifice one for the other. What it all comes down to essentially is about a likelihood of emotional comfort. The path of least resistance is the path most likely to be emotionally comfortable. And what you've got to start doing is observing that autopilot compass you have in your brain that's constantly pointing to that north, that north being emotional comfort. It's constantly trying to urge you to take that path. And it it never really knows what it's going to be, but it comes down to all these tiny things throughout the day where you park your car, what aisle you choose to uh, shop at the supermarket, 
who you're going to hang out with, what job you're going to do today, what email you're going to answer first. There's just constant urge to take the easiest one, the least emotionally difficult, complex or, or frustrating, confusing one. And you just feel like it, once you start to look for it, you'll just notice this push all day long. It's like having some person who's been talking in your ear for so long that you no longer notice that they're there and yet they're still talking and they're having a huge influence on you well that urge to take the path of least resistance is kind of like a voice whispering it's been whispering to you probably since early childhood whenever you first started experiencing negative feedback from standing out and it's been whispering to you for so long now that you don't even think of it as a separate voice. It's just your decision-making voice. That's how you view it without realizing, no, this is something else. This is fear driving you towards comfort. And it's overriding whatever core values have survived through this uh, difficult life you've been living. One of the first times I got kind of woke to this, I was going away for a holiday with a bunch of people I hadn't really been away with before in this sort of way. They were mostly tradesmen, and they were hunters and fishermen. They played a lot of sport, and they had these very active lifestyles. And, and me at the time was like the opposite. I had this cushy office job. I spent most of my time, spare time, drinking, smoking weed, chilling out, watching movies. I was kind of constantly on the path of least resistance. I, I barely made any decisions to put myself in any form of difficulty. It was usually just constantly trying to make things easier uh, for myself. And this was a group of guys who, in my opinion at the time, seemed to be the opposite. They seemed to be like gluttons for punishment. I remember particularly we went out fishing. Was it fishing? I think it was a mixture of fishing and wakeboarding. And I just remember sitting back and watching in awe at the amount of effort it took them to just prepare for the fucking trip. To get the boat ready, to get all the equipment ready, to pack up the beers and the food. It took almost as long to do that as the entire trip took. And that didn't include the cleanup when we got back. Gutting the fish, cleaning it, you know, spraying the whole boat down, cleaning up all the rubbish. I mean, it was like a third, a third, and a third. So only a third of all this effort was the actual fun bit. The rest was preparation and cleaning. And I remember just watching this baffled, like, how the fuck do they have the energy to do all this boring-ass shit for, like, a tiny reward? And at the time, it was really alien to me. It looked nonsensical, and I was doing my best to not participate, you know? I was trying to shy away from the hard work. But it struck me that for these guys, this was business as usual. None of them were complaining. None of them were shirking. I was the only lazy person there. Maybe one other person who was like me. For them, the preparation and the cleaning was as much a part of the trip as the fun bit. They they saw it all as one unit. They didn't have any problem with that. And I'd never really encountered that kind of personality before. Everybody I knew, they ate comfort food and they spent their time binging on things and they did the easy way out with their relationships and with their career. And I was just surrounded by people who did that. And these were people who well, at least in this particular instance, were absolutely the opposite. The same group, uh, it was a little later on, we had a party at our house. My friend and I had a housewarming. It was a nice big place we lived in down in the bush. And I was expecting just to put out a few 
maybe a few boxes of beer and some chips. I, I very little invested in making it a good party for people. But these guys show up with trailer loads full of shit, and they ended up building a one-time massive marquee and putting up lights and a sound system and everything for a one-time party. Well, it actually lasted like three days because they were all druggies as well. But that's another story. But they put this monster effort into making it like the party of the year. And it, and it was at the time. You know, it was huge. We ended up with like hundreds of people there and it was like a rave. But I just remember them putting up this marquee, you know, just in case it rained. It took them half a day to do it because it was a case of like too many chiefs and not enough Indians. They're all arguing the whole time over the right way to do it. But it didn't. It didn't really occur to any of them to question the idea of putting that much effort in to what was essentially a one-night party. And again, I'm just sitting back watching all this, digesting it, feeling very alien but also very intrigued. Like, what is up with these guys? Why do they put in such a huge effort where I can't see the point of it? And yet, I have to admit that these guys are more confident than I am. So it's worth paying attention to what's going on here, because maybe I'm learning something. And this was different to the fishing trip, because this one I actually pitched in and helped. I didn't give orders or anything, but I hammered a few nails and laid out some tables and stuff. And it wasn't fun necessarily, but I started to get a sense of why they did this. Like putting the effort in to prepare for something, to make something kind of good, to go all in on it. To make, like, if you're going to do it, really do it. Don't half-ass the shit. I was starting to get that kind of sense of hell yes versus hell no kind of thing. The point I'm making, I guess, these stories, there was many more examples like this, as I slowly started to see a correlation between confidence and effort. Confident people were not lazy. They were not taking the easy way out. They were not letting other people make their decisions for them. They were autonomous, they were leaders, they were resilient, they had endurance and stamina. They'd do what needed to be done to make sure shit was done right. They'd have confrontations, they would ask people out directly. They would go for promotions in their career rather than hoping to be asked. They would take risks. They would go to the gym every day to work on their body, they would say no to chocolate and yes to salad and so on. They did all these things that I just thought were really alien, but I couldn't deny that they were more confident than I was. And it seemed to be directly related to these patterns of behavior where they chose the resistance. The key thing that I learned is that to live by your values, to have integrity means effort now and rewards later. It's more effort to be truthful and honest now, but the rewards are everyone trusts you later and you don't have to hold any secrets. You feel shameless and confident. Being courageous and facing your fears is a lot of hassle and discomfort, but later on you feel bold and brave and lots of opportunities are available to you and you kind of didn't miss out on anything. Being responsible is a hassle. Taking the blame for things that went wrong Sorting shit out for yourself rather than complaining. You know, that's a lot of effort. But later on, you feel powerful. You feel like you're in control of your life. Like you call the shots. You're the boss. Even something like acceptance can be very difficult. To just face the fact that you're upset and that 
things are hard and that life is difficult and just breathe through it and, and face it. It's so much harder to do that than it is to go binge on drugs or weed, drugs or Netflix or porn. But the rewards of practicing acceptance, of facing the dark truths of life, is that you're so much more resilient and philosophical about things going wrong. You can handle more shit, and you're more in touch with reality, less worried and depressed all the time. You know, values are effort now, reward later. The path of least resistance is more like an illusion of reward now, with lots of hassle later on, because you can't run away from shit. If you lie now, you're going to get caught out in some way later on. Maybe not for that lie, but maybe you'll develop a reputation as an untrustworthy person. Or you'll burn yourself out with people-pleasing. Or you'll end up in a career that sucks. Or you'll end up married to someone you don't like. The consequences for the path of least resistance far, far outweigh the rewards. It's not even close. So not worth it. A terrible investment. Whereas values is the opposite. Because not only are the rewards bigger than the effort, they're long-lasting. If I'm constantly honest, getting honest gets easier and easier while I get more and more confident. So I start having to pay less for my rewards. It requires very little effort for me to be honest now, and I get lots of confidence in return. Long-lasting confidence, an endurable confidence that goes for weeks or months without end authenticity being yourself having integrity however you want to put it it requires battling against resistance because for you to be authentic you have to be new and unique think of it like cutting your own path through the jungle rather than taking the highway no one else has gone this way before nobody's gone before you to make it easier you have to cut everything down yourself there's no one there to confirm that this is the right way to go Now that seems like a lot harder than just jumping on the motorway and following the signs that somebody else put down there. It's a nice flat asphalt, there's no difficulty figuring out which direction to go, but somebody else designed it. You're going where they want you to go. You're going where they think is good. When you cut the path yourself, you decide every twist and turn, you decide exactly how far and when to turn. It's all yours. And that requires you battling all that resistance. If you want to take the easy path, you'll have to put up with going where other people want you to go. And that's pretty much definitely guaranteed that's not the right place for you to go. It's probably not even the right place for them to go because they're following somebody else's instructions. The path of least resistance is short-sighted. It's opposite to goal setting. It's just looking for an immediate fucking reward or not even a reward, just a lack of punishment. It's just trying to stay calm and smooth and problem-free without realizing that you're just compounding your issues for later on. Your future self is being punished. He or she is going to have to pay for your cowardice and your laziness and your short-sightedness now. You know, and that he or she is you. You're the one will have to pay. I mean, I remember waking up to that myself when I looked at my mid-twenties or so. I looked at my social life in particular but also my body, and I just thought, well, thanks very much, past selves. You really fucked me there. You turned me into a fucking overweight, high-cholesterol people-pleaser. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Awesome. If the past me's had put a bit more effort in, I'd be cruising. I'd be enjoying my life. 
Well, now I can safely say that I'm standing on the shoulders of the new past me's. I'm kind of losing track of that analogy, but from that first wake-up call, I started putting in the effort. I started doing the resistance things, having confrontations, being direct and honest, doing what I thought was right rather than what other people thought was right, choosing my career path based on my own natural passions and curiosities rather than what other people thought was financially viable, and so on. And now, I have a career I love, and with a girl I love, I like my body, I'm doing everything I want to do with my life. It's not perfect, but it's certainly fucking a billion times more enjoyable than what I used to be. And that's because for the last seven years, every past self has been putting in the effort and taking the path of most resistance. And I'm reaping the benefits of those past selves now. You can do the same for yourself. I have nothing that you don't have. I'm not more talented than you. I'm not gifted in any way. I just put in the work. Just like those tradesmen guys put in the work. I just copied them. That's it. I stopped taking the easy way out, started choosing the hard way more often. You gotta understand, your first few attempts might not work out. People give up after a few failures because they don't realize that the path of most resistance is a long path. You don't just have a few failures and then massive success. You actually have fucking heaps of failures for a long period of time. And then eventually you make small gains and they start to snowball into big success. But it's a long path. Longer than you hope it's going to be. Much longer. And you just have to endure it. Classic case is people trying to learn guitar. There is this death point of six months. If you play guitar every day for six months, you'll be good at it by six months. But you won't be good before it. And it won't feel like you're getting any better. There's this click that happens where one day you pick up a guitar and finally you're like, oh, I got it now. My fingers finally have muscle memory. I finally obey what I'm trying to do. I can switch between the chords without having to think about it. I can pick up new songs quickly. There's this click where you make a sudden, like, sharp burst of progress. But up until that point, it feels like you're making no progress at all. Really, it does. About four to six months worth of time for most people. It feels like you're barely making gains. There's a little burst at the start because you go from nothing to something. But then you stay in something for a while and that something is long and hard and you can't learn the songs you want to learn because they're too complicated and your fingers are sore all the time. You're like, fuck, I'm just not getting better at this. Maybe it's not right for me. Without realizing that you had to go a little bit longer. Actually quite a bit longer. You had to double that and then you'll be good at it. And then you still won't even be that good at it. But you'll finally get over the hump and you'll be able to finally pick up some real passion and enjoyment of this. The same goes for almost any skill set or a career. I know so many people who started off trying to be a coach and they gave up within one year. I'm like, one year? You gotta do this shit for five years at least before you'll know if you're good at it. You gave up after one? Shit, you might have given up on a dream career just because you're being a little bitch. You're gonna have to endure a lot more failure than that. So the thing is, you can endure a whole lot of failure. You can endure five years of misery. You'll be fine. You'll be a strong person after that. But because you've been taking the path of least resistance forever, you're so used to things being comfortable, the contrast of difficulty shocks you. And so you just bail on it. You think, oh my god, that hurts way too much. It's like when you first put your foot into ice cold water in the ocean, you're like, oh, fuck that, I'm not going in. Whereas if you could just get all the way in and swim around for a bit, you'll get accustomed to it and you'll be fine. 
but most people run away just after getting their toes wet. You gotta think of the benefits of resistance, okay? Think of like resistance training. Muscle doesn't grow without resistance. You have to hurt the muscle a little bit, and then it repairs itself and it gets bigger and stronger. The difficulty itself is the reward. And it's the same for your career or your relationships. Having confrontations isn't going to get you through to some paradise where you no longer have to have confrontations. It's the confrontations themselves that will build your confidence. After a while, you're still going to have them, but you'll enjoy having them. You like the way they make you feel. Not that they make you feel happy in the moment, but you'll be proud of yourself. You'll feel confident, assertive, powerful. You're not going to get to the end of confrontations, but you can get to the end of suffering through them. It's the same with your career. It might take you five years to make a service business that you started on your own financially viable. It might take that long. But you're not going to be like, okay, finally it's good. Because it never gets like that. It's like my uh, former coach told me. He's like, he was making basically ten times more money than I was. He said, well, it's the same problem, just more zeros. He still struggles with money at that point. But he doesn't hate his struggle with money anymore. It's a fun game for him. It's a challenge. It's rewarding and interesting. Because the difficulty itself is the reward. The, the resistance is the training, and the training is the reward. You don't need to get past it. You just need to be in it for long enough to realize it's not bad. And you've got to think of the downsides of easiness. You know, what happens if you never work out your muscles? You never use them? Well, they atrophy. They become so weak and useless that you can't do anything anymore. And they don't stay the same if you do nothing. They always go downhill. Well, same applies to your career, your relationships. If you're not actively putting effort and facing resistance to make things better, then they're going downhill. I've already done entire pieces of content on this. You're not practicing problem solving. You're not being alert and vigilant. You're not learning how to adapt. You're not building resilience or patience or endurance. You're becoming soft. Think of a spoiled child. Somebody who never had to deal with any resistance. Mummy always made his lunch and washed his clothes and fought his battles for him. And he goes out into the real world and he gets fucking destroyed by it. Because he's got no skills. He's got no toughness. Resistance creates toughness. What does taking the path of most resistance look like in real life? It means a unique career path that no one has done before, that's hard to do, takes heaps of training, and many years before it's really successful and you're an expert. It means relationships with confrontations, where you have to share things intimately and get very uncomfortable and emotional, and you have to deal with disagreements, and you have to cut friends out sometimes. And you have to really like show up and be boldly honest with someone and let them see who you are and risk your reputation. In terms of your body, it means strenuous effort, means facing hunger and tiredness and coldness. In terms of psychology, it means frustration, failure, confusion, all the natural learning emotions. I want you to just look at your life. Where have you taken the path of least resistance and what areas do you take the easy way out as a kind of autopilot option? Did you choose your career or is it just kind of written for you somehow? You just kind of slipped into it through luck or talent. I mean, look around your friend circle. Did you actively go out and find them or did you just slip into friendships with your workmates or your schoolmates or the person you always saw at the pub? 
when you look at your body, is that the body of someone who actively manages their food and exercise? Or is it the body of someone who eats for comfort and tries to avoid strenuous effort at all costs? The path of least resistance will kill you, but you don't have to stay on it. If a simpleton like me can get off it and stay off it, so can you. And I invite you to consider doing it. If you need any help with that, get in touch, dan at brojo.org. I certainly needed a lot of help for myself. I've been through a lot of different coaches and training programs to get myself off that path. And now I help others to do the same. So there's no shame in asking for that help. Why wait and do it all on your own for years when you can get it done in months with the support of someone else? Hope you enjoyed that. I'll see you all next time. Cheers. Cheers.